All right, let's open up the word. I'm going to um, pick up where my husband left off on the story of Joseph. And the, the series that he's in is Chasing Dreams and, uh, or G- Dream Chasers. Excuse me, whichever one you prefer. They both mean the same thing. And uh, his last, uh, the last time he spoke Sunday was on the pride test and how Joseph had to go through the pride test before he could realize his dreams come to fruition. And so I'm going to speak on the stewardship test. How does this have anything to do with mothering? I made it fit. So there you go. We whittled it in there somewhere. Uh, the, pride, the pride test happens occasionally. The, the stewardship test happens all the time in everything, the little things and the big things. Let's read uh, Luke 16, verse 10 through 12. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That is the premise of today, the stewardship test. Let's backtrack and go through some of the history of Joseph before we take off. We know Joseph was the favorite of the father. Randon touched on that last week, okay? And so he was sold by his, his evil, not stepsisters, that's Cinderella, his evil brothers. They sold him as a slave, okay? And he is a slave in Potiphar's house, who is a general, in, uh, an officer in the Egyptian pharaoh's um, palace, okay? And so he gets sold to Potiphar's house as a slave. And eventually, he makes it out of there, serves some prison time, and makes it into the palace. But what we want to settle on today is how he got to Potiphar's house and what happened in Potiphar's home. So, Let's read just that part of the text, Genesis 39, verse 1 through 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, notice Egyptian, the Egyptians did not believe in the Lord, they served Baal, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was successful, man. Say successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Keep going. Or I could do it, one or the other. I'll do it. (laughs) Here we go. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say, the Lord was with Joseph. Giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so as so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar. Say, bless Potiphar. For Joseph's sake. Say, Joseph's sake. There's reasons why I'm having you repeat all this. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Man, that is a smooth running house. I had you repeat successful over and over again because I wanted to prove a point here. Joseph was a successful man. Some of the single women feel like I'm prophesying in the house today. 
It also goes on to say he was handsome in appearance. Joseph was the kind of man you single ladies ought to be praying for, a Joseph. Successful in everything that he touched, so much so that Potiphar, who was an Egyptian and didn't even believe in the Lord, saw that the Lord was with Joseph. Let me tell you, if there's one thing I could be in this life, it would be that I carry the presence of God so strong on my life that an atheist can recognize it. That's saying something about the anointing that Joseph had. I, I will tell you that true, true blessing, uh, the way you carry yourself, the way everything that comes out of your mouth, everything your hand touches, it should glorify the Lord in a way that people notice and say there is something different about that person. We, as Christians, spend so much time trying to be like the world that, so that we don't stand out. You miss the whole point that we are supposed to be so separate from the world that they notice us. I want to be a good steward, so much so that God's presence can make a home in everything that I do. It requires stewardship. What is stewardship? That's the fancy word for obedience. That's the fancy word for obedience. Joseph, the presence of God was so strong on Joseph because he was obedient to the Lord. He followed the Lord. He was, now that doesn't mean he didn't struggle with some pride tests along the way and that he, he had all kinds of tests. He had all kinds of tests but he was obedient to the Lord and in his will. Can you be in the pit like Joseph was and still be in God's will? Absolutely. Can you be in the palace and be in God's will? Absolutely. Just because your menial, your, your financial, what, what, what you have around you does not determine your relationship with the Lord. Joseph's relationship with the Lord was great when he was in the prison. He was still in prison though. Obedience and stewardship eventually causes good things to flourish in your life. It just takes time and process. And that's what we're going to jump into today. Actually, we're going to touch on all the major things, uh, sin, obedience, uh, stewardship, and all that good stuff. And I'm going to make sure I get it all said. I got one Sunday. We're going to hit them all, okay? <laughs> Where the Lord is, there is success. It even says that Potiphar's home was blessed because of him. It didn't say that Joseph was blessed, therefore uh, only the things that Joseph touched were blessed. It says that Potiphar's whole household was blessed. Things multiplied that belonged to Potiphar. See, you have to remember, he was a slave, so nothing in the house belonged to him anyways. How, it, it is so hard to serve an ungodly fill-in-the-blank businessman, boss, Potiphar. I have no problem if you want to go back to work and you have a jerk for a boss and you call him Potiphar, okay? If that helps you serve him better. I'm just joking. He won't know if he really, if he doesn't know the Lord, he won't know. <laughs> it's hard to serve somebody that doesn't love the Lord. I, you know what the number one prayer request I get as a pastor is? And that is, please help me find another job. They're all a bunch of heathens, and I hate my boss. And I really want to pray, God, let her see where her harvest 
is right in front of her and let her get through this test, leading the people that she went there for out of darkness. That's what I end up praying. They, they don't smile at the end of that prayer, but that's true. The Lord placed Joseph in the house, not just for Potiphar to see that God is good, but to bring all of the Israelites to a place where they could be taken out of famine and eat. See, we are so small-minded that we, we have such grand plans for our life. And his was, he moved from slave to overseer in Potiphar's house. That means that he was no longer a slave. That means he had some authority there that he probably was getting paid, okay? Holla if you want to get paid, okay? And so anyways, he's in Potiphar's house, becomes an overseer. He probably thought, I have fulfilled my God-given destiny on my life. But that's not even scratching the surface of what he had no clue he was going to lead his entire family, the entire 12 tribes of Israel out of a famine land and be able to feed them, clothe them, and give them a place to prosper because of his obedience, because of his walk through being sold as a slave, through his walk through being in jail for no reason, through all of the things that he had to succumb to all of this and be obedient at the same time to people that don't even love the Lord. Hello, there I am. Y'all like that point. Turn me on up. He was promoted from slave to overseer. Um, let me pause and just tell you that true obedience in every area of your life over time will cause you to be promoted. That can be spiritually or practically. Um, let, me, let me start with a couple scriptures. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 17, 3 through 7. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. It says that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. So we're talking about the presence of God being with Joseph, with Jehoshaphat. Why? Because they were in accordance to God's will and they were walking out his commandments. Read uh, Isaiah chapter 1, 19 through 20. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let me tell you, devoured is a strong word. That's a very strong word. I am a picture person. I see pictures in my head when I read things. And when I see the word devour, what picture comes to your head? Because mine may look different than yours. When I think of devoured, I think of a hormonal woman eating chocolate cake. Just ravenous, you know what I mean? Just not even caring, pushing people's faces away from it, wearing half of it. The Lord said that he, would, he will allow, because the protection will be lifted, the enemy to devour you by the sword if you are not in obedience with his will for your life. That's a tough pill to swallow. I'm trying to sugarcoat it. I got bunk cakes out there, okay? I'm going to sugarcoat it. There is a practical and a spiritual side to this. And, and the reason why I feel like it's so strong that we talk about the obedience factor is because I believe it was key. It was key to the presence of God. Okay, and I'm going to keep showing you in Scripture where it says that. But let's talk about, let's talk about the practical 
and the spiritual. Okay, there has only been one time that obedience, teaching my children obedience has not worked out for me as a parent, okay? Um, it always seems to work when we teach our children obedience, but the one time I had a serious epic parent fail was Rand and I were pastoring the Beaumont campus, and we did this humongous uh, Easter egg hunt. You know, Kayla, you were there stuffing eggs. I, 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 we stuffed so many eggs that I, I, you would have thought I had a whip. I was whipping folks trying to stuff eggs. We stuffed 30,000 or 60,000, but 60 sounds better. Can I go with 60? I did in Beaumont. I wasn't sure, and I went with 60. Okay, it's 30, but I want you to imagine 60,000 eggs, okay? And we stuffed them because it was, because I'm a penny pincher, and it was cheaper to stuff 60,000 eggs than buy them all stuffed. Also, it was cheaper, and it was better candy. I was like, if we're going to do this, let's do it with excellence. Smarties, excellence. What are those lollipops with the thingies on them? Those are not excellent. Smarties are excellent. Slaffy Taffy is excellent. See, I got a kid with a thumbs up on the front row. It's excellent. So if we're a church of excellence, we have to live up to that standard. So we stuffed all these eggs, right? And my husband is putting this humongous banner up on the highway, right off the highway. If you've ever been to our Beaumont church, it is like, it's just like this one. You, everybody, you got all this traffic passing it. And it says, come to our free Easter egg hunt. We're giving it to the community. We love Beaumont. We've got... 30,000 free eggs. And so my husband's, he's hanging the sign. I'm holding the sign. Well, what I didn't account for was that I was teaching my son how to potty train. And um, he was like two. And we thought we were doing the right thing by teaching him that he could pee in the toilet or pee on the grass. And so through obedience, every time he teaches in the grass or teaches in the toilet, we would give him a prize. That is country, don't do this. This is an error in your parenting skills, and I do not recommend it for anybody. Because while I'm holding the sign and my husband's up on a ladder, my son drops his drawers. He doesn't just drop his drawers. He goes full frontal to all of the highway, and he pees and says, welcome to Triumph Church. <laughs> Epic parent fail. Welcome to Triumph. We will give you free eggs and you can hunt them in the pea river my son has forged for you in the front of our church. That is the only time obedience has not worked, though. And so I, what, is it my earring, babe? I'm sorry. I have to take my pretty earrings off because it's not working. That is the only time that obedience has backfired on me. Otherwise, it's, it's brilliant. And if you just obey the Lord, you won't have pea rivers in your front of your church. I don't know how that correlated. I had to tell the story, though. Okay. So the Lord spoke to me, New Year's resolution, in January. And um, some of y'all might have heard the Lord say to you, get out of debt. This is your year to get out of debt. Okay. Some of y'all were in obedience and have been chipping away at that. And some of y'all heard from the Lord, it's time to get healthy. And some of y'all just heard all kinds of wonderful things from the Lord. Do you want to know, hear what my word from the Lord was for New Year's? You're not even going to believe it's God. The Lord told me to shut up. I am not joking. I heard it as clear as, do you know how hard it is for me to shut up? I am a talker, if you did not know that. And, um... Basically, what I had become, basically, God said, you're annoying me, and um, you're annoying your husband, and you're annoying all of your close friends that you talk about. Oh, you bring me up all the time. How's it feel, buddy? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this is getting good. Okay, so, <laughs> so 
basically, I had been talking about this one thing over and over and over again to, and whining about it. Now, mind you, I know I'm in a test in this specific area of my life. But no, I couldn't shut up. I'm going to annoy everybody with it. I, and, and guise it in, please pray for me. No, I really just want to whine some more about the situation. And so basically, as I become the annoying person, y'all ever have that person in your life where they tell you the same problem over and over and over again, and you know it's a test, and you just want to go, sister so-and-so, I don't care anymore. Okay, as a pastor, that's, that's how I get. My pastor's face is this. I'm going to be frank. God's going to do it. And when I get home, I go, I'm going to beat my head against the wall if I have to hear her complain about that one more time. It's real life. And that's who I'd become. I was annoying God. I was annoying my husband, annoying all my friends. And so God told me to shut up. And I will tell you, I have done that decently. I have not mastered it. But since January, I have asked the Lord to forgive me at least 10 times about not keeping quiet. The Lord sometimes requires us to stay quiet on some things. And he also, there's times where he's asked us to be vocal. But if we're not in obedience, we are not we're not spiritually passing the test he wants us to test. Have you ever had the kid that you tell them to do something and they'll do it out of just out of sheer, I'm going to do it because I don't want my butt whipped, but I'm going to have the worst attitude ever? You ask your kid to go take the garbage out and he, Ugh! you know what I mean? Have you ever, maybe that's your husband. I don't know. Not my husband though. He's amazing. You are amazing, babe. Like Joseph and handsome. Okay. <laughs> You're getting all of what comes to you right now. And so <laughs> there is a practical side to this. That is the spiritual side. You should be following the Lord. You should be hearing his voice. You should be doing what he's called you to do and asking you to do. I don't know how long I'm supposed to shut up. I hope it's just for the year because I got six months left and I'm counting down. Okay, but there's a practical side here as well. I want you to notice that Joseph served he served. If you go back and read that part, it said that his household ran smoothly, that he, that as the Lord gave him favor, he served. There's a practical part to this whole obedience thing. Uh, let me give you a few examples. I'll take some time. Um, if you don't want a speeding ticket, don't speed. Obedience. If you don't want a warrant, go pay your speeding tickets. If you want to raise and pay, stop being late. Obedience. You want a promotion? Change your attitude because it is poop emoji, poop emoji, poop emoji, and y'all fill in the blank. If you want good grades, study. If you want to fix your marriage, do what the counselor says. Or better yet, do what your pastor says. Or better yet, do what the Bible says. Obedience, right? These are all practical things. You keep wondering why you're overlooked. Well, my God, ask your boss. These are practical obedience makes you successful. Spiritual obedience makes you successful. You combine the two. You're Joseph and good looking. Holy moly. <laughs> it works in so many different ways. Let's read uh, Genesis 39.5. I want to prove it to you where he says that from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake and his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. He said that God gave him the opportunity and he did the obedience practical serving part. There's hands and feet. They work together. Okay, well, <sighs> Pastor Lindsay, 
I get, I get it. You want me to be obedient. This is a great Mother's Day message. What if I don't? What if I, what if I can't be obedient? What if I feel like it's the hardest thing in my life to do? Okay, obedience comes from faith. What is faith? Faith is believing. Let me tell you, there are several ways that you can build your faith in the Lord. I believe that God is going to take care of me. I believe that when I'm in the pit, he's going to feed me. And when I'm in the palace, he's going to take care of me. I believe that. And it doesn't just, there's two ways. If you've never, if your relationship with the Lord is brand new, let me tell you, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So get in the word of God. Read all you can. Build your faith off of faith. Our father's in the faith, right? But another way is time-tested relationship. Trials that you've walked through that you can glorify God with. God brought me out of this and I survived. God brought me through that. He healed me there. Let me tell you, Rand and I have been married for 15 years in January. And I know things about him that I did not know about him uh, the first year we were married. Time-tested relationship. I know what ticks him off. And I only use it when I really have to. <laughs> but stick a pin in that. Um, so I try not to use those things, those weapons against him. Same with the Lord. Over time, you develop a relationship with the Lord and you have climbed certain mountains and hit certain mountaintops with the Lord and you've been in certain valleys that you've never been in before. And every time, I have never lacked a good thing because of God. I believe he will bring me through because I have never lacked any good thing. Let me tell you, there's a difference between need and want. And, and, and uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to choose my words wisely. God sometimes gives you the desires of your heart and want, and sometimes he gives you what you need. Just because he gives you what you need doesn't mean he's not a good God because he didn't give you what you want. So when I say I've never lacked any good thing, that means that I have not gotten everything I've ever wanted, but it means I've always come out the other side blessed. Now, there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with getting something that you want. The Lord does that every once in a while. Y'all, uh, some of y'all that know me know this about me, but some of y'all that don't know me don't know that this is, that's profound right there. I want you to take notes on that. Some of y'all that know me know this. Some of y'all that don't know me don't know this. I drive a Jeep, which is my dream car, with a lift. Yeah, right there. It's big old tires. See, y'all thought I was like a sports car girl. I'm not. I like to run over things. Um, <laughs> I like to take out curbs. My husband just cringes over that. Um, I got to run over a meeting the other day and I was really pumped about it because uh, this person wouldn't pull up. He hates that. Look at his face. He's totally hating that. And, but I'm not going to lie to you. I, I love my Jeep. Is it something I wanted? Yes. Did the Lord give it to me? Yes. Does that mean that I get everything I want? Absolutely not. Does that mean I'm less blessed because I don't get everything I want? No. Obedience is brought by faith and believing that the Lord will always take care of you. Joseph knew that the Lord was always going to take care of him. When he was thrown into the pit, he knew God was going to get him out. He had to. He had no other choice. You know, when he was chased after Potiphar's wife and thrown in jail and all that good stuff, he had to believe that the Lord was going to bring him through. Sometimes God puts you in position where you don't have any other leg to stand on other than just believe that the Lord is good. If this is your 
first rodeo as a Christian? Just start reading the Word. Just stand on other... God, you did it for them, so you're going to do it for me. But if you're not, hey, go back to some, some oldies but goodies in your personal life where God has been faithful to you. How does this have anything to do with mothers? Let me just tell you. Okay. We have to steward our children wisely. They do not belong to us. They belong to the Lord. You say, well, I haven't dedicated my children to the Lord. It doesn't matter. The Lord put them on this earth with a purpose. And if you don't steward them wisely, how is he going to give you more? How is, he, how is he going to bless you in bigger responsibilities? He gives you a destiny and hands it over to you and says, steward this wisely. Steward this person wisely. Because you don't know this as a parent, but we could have the next president sitting in here being taught over in our children's ministry. Even more reason for you to teach in children's ministry. Y'all like that, Madison? Where'd she go? Uh, and Ryan, I'm sure they like that plug. Or... You could have a kid that's called to cure cancer. Or you could have a kid that's called to, to change a nation like Joseph. You don't ever know. So what we have to do is, we as parents, he gives us the innate ability to raise that specific child and see the gifts and callings that no one else can see but you. You know, uh, every parenting style is different, okay? So some people carry a, a wooden spoon in their purse like my mom did. She would just show it to me and then stick it back in. And then some people carry treats, fruit gummies in their bags, and they, they're like, yeah, I'll give you a gummy, I'll give you a gummy. Uh, there's all types of different parenting, okay? And it's not that simple, but it, it's funny. The reason why I gave us all different parenting styles is because we're raising so many different types of children with so many different calls and he's given us so much grace see let me just give you an insight to my household i have a serious husband a serious daughter and a serious son and if i'd have been serious that'd have been a real serious household <laughs> and so the lord showed me a couple years ago that i was supposed to bring the light to my family now, sometimes they like this, sometimes they don't, but every parent is called and has the gifts already equipped in them to raise that destiny. And so stewarding that gift is on us. And if we don't take the time to do it, we are not doing right by God. Um, uh, I read a, I've, I've been doing this Bible study on the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, there's a part he talks about... Um, on hearing the Holy, grieving the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is, let me see here. I don't know if y'all have it. Where is it in here? I'm going to go with Luke. No, that's, no, that's not it. It talks about how we grieve the Holy Spirit when we're bitter and angry and have corrupt words and and i wish i could find that scripture because y'all need to read it but the, the the bottom line is is that the grieving word in this bible study is related to death okay grievance is death you grieve someone when they die what is it that you lose when they die you lose intimacy oh there you go you're awesome back there i just see your eyeballs but you're awesome and do not grieve the holy spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I will tell you, that scripture melted me because I realized that there could be, because of the anger or corrupt words or any of that, I could be causing there to be a breach in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are trying to hear from, for, from God on your children, hear from God on your marriage, hear from God on your job, and there is a sin wall you have built, and it's causing the Holy Spirit to grieve. I want you to understand that there is a difference between sin and iniquity. Sin, and, sin is an event. We are all sinners that have fallen short of the glory of God, right? But iniquity is a habitual living lifestyle of sin. And that is not just, that's not just, oh, I sinned, forgive me. That's a, I'm sinning, I know better, and I'm, I'm building a wall to where you can't, I can't hear the Holy Spirit giving me direction. I can't feel his presence when I'm at the lowest I could possibly be. I can't hear what he's trying to tell me, what's best for my children. I'm building an iniquity wall and I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. We are called to be a success in the kingdom of God, but we cannot carry the presence of God when we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And that's tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. That is not a candy-coated Mother's Day message, I will tell you. But obedience is connected to belief in God, and if He's good, then why aren't we following in Him in all His ways? Why aren't we connecting the dots and going, I can't hear from God because I have this wall of iniquity up. But if I could get rid of it, I could hear and I could be tested and I could come out the other side believing. And in that belief, my faith skyrocketed. And in my belief and my faith, carry the presence of God with me. So much so that even people that don't believe in the Lord notice it on my life. That even things around me that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God prosper because I touched it. The other last point I wanted to make was the gifts of God and the anointing of God can be so strong on your life. But if your character is not at the same level, then your, your gifts can be stifled and can go unused. I want you to think about that. I gave the illustration in Beaumont. I said, my God, if Pastor Rand is a great speaker, but what if he was 30 minutes late every Sunday? and y'all were just waiting on him, I wouldn't go to this church. I'd be, a, I'd be a Cracker Barrel eating. Just think about it. You're gifted and, and called and anointed, but if your character didn't live up to the same level, your gifting would be unusable. And there are so many people that are called and anointed and just so much to give, but they're not passing the stewardship test whether it be spiritual or physical or, or, or just, you know, practical. You have to get those together at the same timing. People want, you want people to take your gift and anointing seriously? Get your other stuff together too. Get you, get, show up on time. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. It says that, that God was, gave Joseph favor and then he served. It doesn't say that God made everything wonderful for Joseph and it was so easy and he didn't have to lift a finger and he didn't it just and everything ran smoothly without him 
No, no. He gave him favor so that he could serve. And through his obedience, he was a successful man. He was carried the presence of God. Can I give you one last, just one last little piece? Joseph was so successful that uh, I watched a documentary. Uh, it's two and a half hours long. If you're a history buff, it's amazing. I, it's uh, on the Exodus and it's on Netflix, and I, ha I can't remember the title, so now I'm going to have 80 people come and find me after service. That's okay. I need to get, get hugs. But uh, basically, the, they have uncovered a city called Avaris, and they believe that this is Goshen, which is where Joseph and his people flourished, right? And they have found a palace. This is, this is really cool. They found a palace that is built that um, is of Egyptian architecture, but has 12 columns and in its backyard has 12 tombs. And one of the tombs has, was a huge monument with a man in it that is not Egyptian, that looks uh, uh, Hebrew and has on a multicolored robe and is sitting in this big tomb. And, and, and even down to they excavated the tomb and there's no body in it. And it's because Joseph said, when you make it to the promised land, take my body with you. Okay, so they think they have found Joseph's home and all the 12 tribes of Judah's tombs. And the reason why they say this is because you don't get a tomb with a massive pyramid and a sculpture and this huge monument if you weren't the Pharaoh, right? So why they would only have built this for someone that had done something exceptional for the nation. Joseph was an exceptional man for not only his people, for a, but for a people that didn't even know the Lord. And monuments were built. And, and castles were built. All, why? Because he carried the presence of God with him. And he flourished in everything he did. I want you to stand with me today. I'm going to pray over your household. I'm going to pray over your relationship with your kids. I'm going to pray over your heart. Father, I just thank you that today is a day in which you're going to cause there to be a light shown on the areas of our heart that would be a, a breach in intimacy with you, Father. That you would show us what it is that we need to deal with, Father. If we're holding anger, bitterness. Father, if our words need to be cleaned up. Father, if we are struggling in a certain area and we didn't even realize we were building a wall of iniquity between us and you. I ask that you would reveal it, that you would take it from us, that we would give it to you and not pick it back up when we leave here. Father, I thank you that you're gonna teach us to be good stewards in the small things and the big things, Father, that we would be good stewards and that we would carry your name well. Then when we walk into a room, Father, let them be able to say, that person carries the presence of God with them. I ask that the areas of obedience, disobedience in our lives would be resolved with the ability to believe that you are a good God and that you will always, always be faithful to your people. Resolve it in our hearts. Where there is a lack of faith, where there is lack of obedience, I thank you that you are causing there to be an overwhelming belief to overtake us in our hearts and our souls and our minds are at rest knowing that if we just walk in your will, walk in obedience to the according to the word of God, that you will overtake us. You will overtake us with your presence. I thank you that it would trickle down to our children. 
that it would trickle down, that as we take one step toward you and your will, that they would go running toward you. I ask that there would be a multiplication of your presence on our children. Thank you, Father. Protect them, guard them. I ask that mothers in this house today would feel burdens being lifted off of them. I thank you that they are feeling such peace as you will carry them and that you will steward them and steward the gift of their children in them. I thank you, Father, for a blessed day that we, Triumph Church, would raise people that are that carry the presence of God and are successful in the glory of God, giving you all honor. In Jesus' name, amen.